Bedroom Battle Pass. The Archives. Me and you, Season 2. Alright, let's kick it. Welcome to the interview section of Canberra Metalhead. You got Mikey Malpas and JDK. Joined in the studio today with Jock, Josh Nixon. How you doing, man? Jock Nixon. Okay, <laughs> laddies. It's a pleasure to be here on a Sunday. Sometimes I go to say something and my beard just makes it sound Scottish. Well, it, it is for your uh, listeners that haven't seen you. It is there's some hints of ginger. There's some braveheart in that beard somewhere in your gene pool. I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes it takes over. Um, <laughs> Please don't axe me to death. I'm far too hungover today. <laughs> uh, it's not going to happen, man. Unless you uh, pull out your uh, guitar and start using that as an axe, man, because definitely you can wield that better than I could wield any other axe, man. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you. Um, speaking of some guitaring, man, we just listened to uh, I Exist, Sh- Sorrow on Hill 105. Uh, you recommended that one there because you're fairly involved in the writing process. Yes, yes. Well, you know, when there's six people in your band, it's, um, you know, you've got to get in when you can. <laughs> and that one's mine. Cool. But, uh, well, most of it, Aaron put a riff on it too. But, yeah, yep. that's a bit of a riff bonanza, that one. Sick. But, um, yeah, uh, that album was a very painful process to record, but we got there in the end. Excellent. Yeah, so you had that. You've got that one um, with your current project with I Exist. I recently seen you play for the uh, ten year anniversary at Transit Bar um, with you know uh, we had um, Witch Skull and um, Witch Skull Potion and um, Bloodmouth pulled uh, out because uh, okay. the drummer uh, busted his arm playing American football the week before. All oh, right. Is Potion the one that got that um, Phil Anselmo and the illegal support this week? It is. Yep. It is the very same. Perfect. Yeah, Potion had some... I actually played one of their tracks in the last show. Um, Plowshare. Okay. Oh, thank God. I didn't even have to look it up, even though I am on my phone. (laughs) But I did did remember. And they were actually amazing. I was really, like, not surprised because Rose, a really good musician, he plays in mental cavity yep. with half of I Exist. Yep. And he's um, filled in for me uh, when I Exist toured Europe in 2013. Yep. Um, but they were stunning black metal stuff. Some Yeah. Just with some catchy riffs as well. It wasn't yeah. just total bleak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's like some stuff going on there. It was, it was really good. Three vocal, four vocals. They all had a scene. Yep. It was sick. Yeah, yeah no, that's some... Uh, it's pretty raw, and then it had like some interesting bits that just catch your eye and catch your ear. Yeah, yeah, like some hooky riffs. Yep. just out of the blue, it was good. Yeah, it's uh, real good. Intense. I, I like the um, like the red lighting for the entire. It's yeah. like oh, any photos anyone got would have been consistent. Yeah, you know, sometimes you go to take a photo and the strobe kicks in or something mm. like that. They the had just a very good stage presence. Yeah, yeah. So Four that, hooded dudes. Yeah, exactly. Can't go wrong with a hood. Man, some some of them were um, actually stacked too. Like the the main bassist and and guitarist had some guns on him. 
Oh, well, that's that healthy vegan living. <laughs> you know, it's just pure freaking muscle tone vegetable matter coming through. Cruelty free guns. Magnificent. That's like a, a brand there. It is. Yeah. You can, Coin you can use that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let's, uh, we just want 10% for <laughs> the Canberra Metalhead boys. Um, yeah. So that, that's your current project with I Exist. Um, but, you know, we've got a whole plethora of things that you've done over the years. Um, I mean, obviously, at the top of the show, we heard a Pod People track as well, um, which you brought in for us. I don't own any Pod People um, physicals, so it's awesome to have one in CDs. Yes, well, you can have that one. Unfortunately, that's the uh, Rise Above version of the album. The original um, record came out on High Beam Records, which is a Wollongong label, who for a while there signed pretty much anyone with a big muff pedal in around 2000. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the original artwork that I um, designed for that was... Um, so all of the themes of the two albums are based on Dante's Inferno, and if you unfold that um, in the original, it's an upside-down cross with a map of hell based on Dante's Inferno, and it was yep. done by um, Roy Talkington from Alchemist. Oh, it's excellent. Been super big mates best mates for us forever yeah, yeah. and um he's also um so th until this year that was the only australian we were the only australian band to be signed to rise above records and have a release on rise above um until which girl got on and yep. roy did that album as well so it's pretty oh, weird that like the two bands from australia that have been on rise above records both from canberra yeah excellent. both have artwork by roy yeah, yeah. so there's a little tip for yeah. all those doom bands out there <laughs> that may be listening from interstate, yeah. come in and move to the sunny ACT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent, man. That will like I know Pod People's got a um, big following around town, uh, especially in the doom scene. When I was out and about at the gig um, recently, there was a lot of people still talking about um, you know previous projects and things like that. And uh, like not to not to say that it hasn't. Um, I exist has has only been just started. I mean, you just did a ten year tour. That, that's yeah. crazy. I'm really old. Thanks for breaking that. Up. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, one of those things. It's just not as old as which goal. I just want to say that again. <laughs> <laughs> which goal? Far older. <laughs> well, they uh, also have. It comes with experience as well. You get some. Uh, there's some awesome experience, and we had them in on the show. And Tony um, was telling the stories about you know being in brooklyn and watching anthrax play there's a the first couple of records all right <laughs> and then up until what is it persistence of time it was just like oh god and then the john bush era i mean forget about it i'm out, I'm out. well at least we've got some album reviews there <laughs> and, for, and for god's sake scott ian just take a break let someone else in metal talk you know, anytime there's someone, you know, some metal dude dies or he's got some metal thing, it's freaking Scott Ian on, you know, the first person they go to. Yeah. There's other people that can talk in metal, surely. Yeah, <laughs> eventually. But it, it seems like uh, he's doing a pretty good job job at it so far. Um, he did the Australian tour and stuff like that. which The was, spoken word thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, and so did Bruce Dickinson, and it probably cost more than to go and see the World Slavery Tour at Canberra Theatre in yep. 1985. 
<laughs> which is kind of weird. I don't think too many people ripped the chairs up, though, at uh, the spoken word thing that Bruce Dickinson did, unlike what happened at the World Slavery Tour in 1985. Yep. I just think the last time any band with a distortion pedal will ever be let anywhere near um, that theatre, that stage. Well, that's, that's exactly right. Like, so... Um a few years back, there was like a uh, like a punk art thing going on in town, mm-hmm. and um, I love part <laughs> punk art. So um, what happened was there was like, you know, they'd do an exhibition with old docks and things like that. People yeah. were just going in and just looking at this punk stuff, art people. Um, but also there was a lot of people from the punk scene there as well, and uh, it was initiated by a gig where uh, Standalone played. Mm-hmm. Um, at ANU and um, yeah that was a, that was an intense gig man because it was like you had the art show uh, the week after and all the people from the gig went oh yeah we'll go check out the exhibition problem was there was a bunch of politicians there as well oh, because God. it was like a like a um, like a Canberra exhibition sort of thing so um, yeah there was a little I remember being there with reggae and um, <laughs> was he being propped up by two attractive young girls whilst being <laughs> unfathomably drunk well uh i don't know about that all i can say is well you were there come on you can suspect out all all i can say is there was a um there was an open bar for the first two hours (laughs) so that uh, explains why reggae showed up in the first (laughs) but um i love him don't worry (laughs) um so we we uh rocked up and we're up the back with all the punks and out the front was all of the politicians and uh they were doing some speeches and things like that Luckily, the PA wasn't loud enough to reach the back, but right in that midsection there, there was a bunch of people that were kind of just listening in and could hear a bunch of it. And uh, yeah, I guess the conclusion basically was like, pretty glad the PA didn't reach the back because a lot of those free beer bottles would have went up sailing <laughs> towards the front. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things, man. Like when it comes to gigs and, and things like that, it's hard to mix like theatres and... and, and um, like sort of more rowdy crowds well i mean that's the the big challenge for canberra full stop like when i started playing in bands there were five live music venues in Mm -hmm. the city and the terrace bar you probably have you'll have definitely heard of jay but yeah Yeah. not so much i've heard of yeah Yeah. um gypsy bar gypsy bar well it was terminus in those days but yes um the asylum I've heard of Zorro's as well. Zorro's was a little after that, yep. Shooters or something now, whatever. But, I mean, all of those places and a new, and especially in those days, some of the biggest shows for metal were at the Civic Youth Cafe, which is pretty much where we're sitting now yep. in an old car park. Um, and there was like, uh, I'm pretty sure it was an addictive exceed gig that had like 900 payers to a freaking all ages show and some of the fests back in those days when alchemist was a fledgling band and um you know all of those all of those got armored angel played a bunch of times um so a bremelin a classic they used to be called um what was it no necrotomy and what was the other what were they called before a bremelin well they were called something else i can't believe what i can't remember it but (laughs) they played a, a massive show one of the heaviest weekends in Canberra and it was like Youth Cafe on a Friday night and, and Terrace Bar on a Saturday night and that just used to bring in the young and the old together mm. and, you know, mm. you crossed over and stuff. And one of the weirdest things, like, 
they talk about how the very fast train is something that they've, they've like I literally heard on the radio when I was moving to Canberra as a kid of talking about the very fast train still not happening <laughs> but almost as long as that they've talked about an entertainment precinct for the city mm. and they just keep putting more and more apartments on top of it and it's just too I mean you know from going to transit they've yep. got pretty strict curfews sound um, restrictions and things yeah, yeah. and you know so. Maybe it's scary when you've got brutal shirts instead of having um, people going to Mooseheads and flogging each other in the alley. It's, yeah. you know, more yep. more acceptable as long as they're listening to Little Mix or some. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. the, that whole Canberra, that Canberra arts culture thing that you were talking about before with the theatre scene, yep. you know, we put a lot of stock as a city into that element of our culture. Mm. But with so many of the bands that you talk to here and you've been exploring over the time. I mean, there's a whole living, valid culture in the punk and metal scene that have come out of Canberra for well over 30 years now that just, you know, is pretty inconsequential. If it wasn't for Lance and the basement dudes, you know, would be struggling. Yep. You know, but between transit and um, basement, you know, they've, they've you know looked after us which is pretty sick especially lance's you know and the boys in the team there have expanded that room that used to be the sketchiest bar it's called a few <laughs> things it used to be across well it's still across the road from the action bus terminal yeah. so it used to be pete's bar and grill or something yeah, or town center tavern there, yeah when i used to do sound there yeah yeah and it used to be just <clears throat> full-on rough rough <laughs> nightmare fight fights blurring out across the road into the car park where office works is now yeah that whole thing was desolate man you yeah get away with anything out there <laughs> yeah they needed just like a piano in the background to be playing along while the, the fist doors. fights yeah while the fist fights it was, it was pretty up. epic man yeah plus they still had the piss trough at the bar installed at oh, the front they line did. of it yeah <laughs> What, what was that, was that from? You? The pro- Prohibition era? Yeah, Camera yeah. Prohibition era. Yeah, it was like a clay pot. I, from so No, the big steel grill thing. Oh, that's yeah. right, yeah, so yeah. So you didn't have to leave the bar to go to the toilet. Perfect. <laughs> uh, Bring the BNS inside uh, the parts. From, from what I understood, uh, it was also used to like just throw your cigarette butts in because a lot of people used to smoke inside, obviously, before the laws changed. Yeah, it, it, it's because of the prohibition, man. They had like, uh, you were only allowed to drink between three and six or something like that. Yeah, oh, okay. And yeah, yeah. people would just smash the bars, man, and get your drink and. <laughs> Where you go? The yeah. six o'clock swill or whatever they yeah, used to yeah. call it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's. Not quite some, that old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's had some pretty rad history. Um, I mean, looking back, I mean, at the time it was probably fairly fairly like you said desolate <laughs> out mm. in the top there the good thing is the sound restrictions are now pretty much um all done like um without the restaurant next door anymore and it all being the same thing sound isn't isn't a problem um in that area so it works out well the xy dumpling house yeah which is what it was and Before the best then. thing about it was the sign was so dilapidated and falling to bits that it did literally say xy dump house <laughs> <laughs> for like at least five years, I reckon. The the who rough. doesn't want to eat there? Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love a dump. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it was Pete's, and apparently before that it was Darcy's Den back in the day. 
yeah, town centre tavern for a while as well. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going off history that I've learned just from working there and talking to people. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good to see where it's finally evolved into, like an actual yeah. place that people can go. But, yeah. look, as good as it is, right, the, the point I was making before a little bit is you need somewhere in the centre of town because it's a hell of a long way to get from the south side out to the basement, Actually, which yeah, is a fair yeah. challenge, right? It's just it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, about cab ride. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's... it's Definitely. It's it's a shame that, you know, we're down to one venue. Like, when Magpies was doing shows a couple of years ago, it was mm. sick. They was looked after us yeah, so Yeah, they well. had King Barrett there, I think, yeah, one of the last shows tension, I went to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, together. That was that tour. There's a few shows down there oh, we've man. played a couple I, times. I played with Molotov Solution down there, uh, Born of Osiris, um, a few other, other big kind of metalcore deathcore dudes well harm's way had a massive um, record this year and they um they played down there yeah twitching tongues played down there um yeah there's a whole bunch of good shows but you know got to build them flats yep. yeah yeah pay for that tram with them flat money Woo. yeah yeah hopefully it progresses to a point where it's i mean at the moment the scene's alive um, and yeah. it's going well. Hopefully, it keeps that heart beating for long enough for it to actually progress more into a closer thing, um, to something in the city or or closer to everybody. Well, else. Well, the band scene's happening. It's just, um, yeah, like, I, I think there's enough young bands and there's enough people still doing it. I mean, Jay's in at least fourteen bands that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, so him is like is you know propping up the brutal half of Canberra all on his own. Yeah. But um I mean like there's a lot of um there's a lot there's a lot of good young I mean we we talked about player share before and Bloodmouth was the other band that was supposed to play. Um we're in that weird place now like um I exist is considered a hardcore band, apparently. Mm. Mm. I don't hear it. I'm old, so I think of when I think of hardcore, I think of like discharge Fresh. and agnostic front and old DRI or something. Mm. Yeah, that's that's more my what I consider it. Yep. And then sometime in the '90s, Hatebreed turned it into half Slayer or something. I don't know. And I just missed that whole bit. That convergence of those two those two scenes like it's more like if you think of triple j's tuesday and wednesday nights kind of the same thing almost mm. it's like slightly a few more blasts here and there on tuesday and but parkways on yep. you know the same sort of deal yeah exactly all night the art is murder pretty bloody brutal yeah you know yeah actually jay and i were talking about this in a previous show and also off mic um, the fact that, you know, Thy Art is on a Parkway um, tour. Yeah. And the fact that that's bringing um, the more brutal music into the stadium crowds. Yeah. So it's starting to happen where people are starting to loosen up to listen to some more and get bigger crowds for more brutal bands. Well, you know, look at, look at Australia's festival history. Um, Metal for the Brain really bought that uh the the gathering of the tribes every year it created the whole network across australia parkway played a few of the later yeah. um three of them yeah yeah 
and were absolutely destroying it at like 11 in the morning or whenever yeah. it was soon as I, they, whenever they started. I killed the prom queen as well. Yeah. They, they debuted at Metal for the Brain as well. Yeah. Early noughties. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But um, that's sort of then, but, you know, Soundwave, sound if you had told me when I was like 18 year old, there's going to be 60 punk and metal bands playing at a festival all on its own, it'd be like, you serious? Yeah. Big Dad had only really just started when I was turning 18 and stuff. Hmm. And, um, and now we've sort of been through a few iterations of the sound waves come and gone sort of thing. And now we're on the cusp of download yep. two. Um, it's in good hands with Nigel from um, Mind Snares, one of the main guys that's putting those nice. shows together. It's sick. Yep. It's going to be unreal. Like um, Priest and Slayer's last ever show, and there's going to be a bunch of young Aussie bands that get to play along it. I think that was the problem that I have with Soundwave is didn't bring much Aussie stuff up into the mix. Mm. Yeah, It was pretty low you know, early yeah. in the day. I think that was a big breaking point for... Um bands like king parrot that played at soundwave like that was sort of where at their at their time of starting to really get some recognition for their work mm. um, was when they played soundwave i reckon it was the video yeah it was the um shit on the liver video yeah and slats superb acting yeah you know is <laughs> definitely that that drove a lot i mean look I've known Youngy and Slats, and I was in Blood Duster with Rizzo. I don't. I, I've met. I met Ari afterwards. Yep. And Todd was in Berserker back in the day, but those guys are road freaking warriors. Mm. They've earned everything yeah, that man. they've they've done by playing eight million shows, and you know you can't beat hard work. You know. They were at the Arias this week with the Wiggles, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, no, that was the last Arias, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were at the Arias again. I've seen that. Yep. You know? And yeah. there's a Canberra connection to that because EVP Records is run by Mike Lenton, who used to work at Landspeed and Impact back in the day. Yep. So he was on the, the, the red carpet in a hideous Hawaiian shirt with them. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But yeah, that's King, right, man. King Parrot, definitely, man, hands down. Like I, I seen their roster from like four years ago. It was like ninety shows in like ninety six days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's no, right. nonstop, and that's Australia. You don't see too many people doing ninety shows in Australia, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's only one band I can think of that have done that many shows this year, and it's a band from Brisbane called Hobo Magic. Hobo Magic. They're sick. They're yeah. like seventies, like they're mega young dudes. They came to a I exist, our second album launch in Brisbane. There's these two young dudes with a goonie at an all ages show, screaming at me to play Rush. I'm like, have you even heard Rush? Like, <laughs> do you even know what? What do you? What, you know, you're like three times younger than that album. <laughs> and um, and now they've they're in an amazing three piece, and you should definitely check them out. They're a stunning sort of doing me a vibe but a little bit groovier cleaner vocals sick they're Excellent. really cool yeah hobo magic but they've played like uh, over 100 shows in australia this year yeah yeah, yeah. that's it, it, it astounds me man like i can't i can't yeah. fathom doing yeah. that many shows. i mean we were just pissing and moaning five minutes about having to drive from the south side yeah, to yeah. the basement <laughs> <laughs> let alone driving from brisbane to everywhere so yeah yeah, yeah there's been some pretty done, long hauls done, done, done tour life man but like 
trying to do that many shows in Australia is pretty hard. Yeah, exactly, man. So that's pretty much I exist in the some of the previous history. We mentioned pod people as well. Um, was there, and you also, we haven't really mentioned this um, on the show yet. It also had like a um, long-standing job working with BMA, writing the metal column as well. 20 years this year. Yep. I've been Crazy. doing the column for, oh, I only just worked that out the other day. It's pretty bizarre. Um, yeah. So what, what brought that about? Well, I used to complain a lot to Tracy Heffernan, who was the editor of BMA back in the day, going, you don't mention, you know, like the column used to be written by, uh, there's a couple of good writers. So um, Jeff Chaplin, who used to do a show here on 2XX, yeah. uh, Let's Mosh, remember yep. that show? Yep. Uh, he used to write it. But after, after him, there, were, there was a couple of people that just wrote and it was like, we've got the internet. Who cares what Slayer's doing? Yep. Really, no one's going to read the BMA magazine to find out, you know, Slayer in the studio. It's all that sort of new yeah, stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I just put it on to put a real heavy domestic and especially local focus yep. on on the, on the scene. And because I complained about it, she said, well, you write the column. And I didn't, haven't stopped doing it since. And I've done over 300 columns in the, in the meantime. Mm. So, I mean, I care about music. Um, Australian heavy music has done a lot for me. I've gotten to do and meet a crazy array of heroes and see some crazy bands and do some awesome tours and all that sort of stuff. So I like to give back where I can and writing and promoting other bands is an, a simple way to do it. And you guys are doing a stand-up job on your own. Oh, thank you, you know, doing it, you know, through this medium. So, oh, dude, yeah, that meant yeah. a lot. Um, yeah, big time. Especially coming from yourself, because uh, you've got such a broad range of um, experience over the years. You can tell, you know, what's working and what's not. So, yeah, thanks very much, man. Oh, thank you. Um, and on the on the topic of um, of BMA and 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 writing articles and stuff like that um you mentioned that you had some album reviews that you wanted to run through maybe on the show oh, I was just gonna have a thought we'd have a like what I was wondering what your have you started doing your end of year list yet yeah so um the we've got a this will be part of a um series of doom to finish the year off oh, what a year for doom it's been so brutal this year. Yeah. So, um, you know, just... It's to... almost sad for Witch Gold that their record came out this year because I reckon if it hadn't come out last year, it would have been even... Like, it's not a crap album by... It's like yeah. my, it's on my my top ten list. Yeah, well, it's on Rise Above as well. So that, and, and before that, I forgot to mention they had... Um, they were on um, Goat Sound before with the recording before. Yeah, well... Um, it's a fairly common recording studio in the scene, isn't it? Uh, well, Jason Jason PC is the bass player from Blood Duster. Yeah. Um, pod, that, not that album, but the album after that was, record, was one of the first albums recorded with Goat Sound. Yep. Um, we did do a couple of, when I was in Blood Duster, we did the E, I think we did the DFF EP and another EP with with Goat Sound where we would go to um, Toyland Studios where a whole bunch of classic, like Damage recorded there. And it was like a pretty stan- standard um, extreme yeah. um, <laughs> recording studio and a really good one down in Northcote in Melbourne. Yep. But Fuzz has always been interested in in the sound side of stuff. So a few years ago, he opened a rehearsal studio slash recording studio 
in Reservoir called Goat Sound. So when um, Joel and the boys mentioned that they were going to go and do an EP in Sydney, I was like, go and see Fuzz and record an album instead. And they did it in like three days, and that's what Vast Electric Dark, so a demo that they were going to do in Sydney turned into Vast Electric Dark, which spawned all that great um, press and the STB deal and the fancy vinyl and all that stuff all came out of going down to see Fuzz. Which I have a copy of, by the way, The Blood Splatter. Oh, to die for. Delicious. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's real. It's real. He's, um, he's, you know, he's been in the grind scene forever, right, in metal. But Fuzz is like, he's not really, his ethos and his ethic is more punk rock. He comes from a punk rock place. Like, he hated Soundwave because Aussie bands weren't on it. He can't stand when Aussie bands aren't given their due. He reckons it's crazy. You know, he 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 operates in a very ethical manner, and he will not rip you off if you want to go and um, and do it. I mean, the first I Exist record was the same. We were going to record here. I was only joining I Exist while Alex, the bass player, went overseas for a year. So. One of the other guitarists moved on to bass and I recorded their first album with them. We were going to do it here with a guy and, you know, some some things happened and um, he wasn't available. And I said, let's just go and see Fuzz. And we went down and, you know, recorded the first record and it was killer. And we've ended up working with him on um, the next two, the, uh, the other two. So the second album I exist, we recorded with Billy Anderson, who did the this year's one. Yep. We flew him out to Australia. He was a mess, but a lovable mess, and it was a really <laughs> cool experience. And the dude's got more stories than you can believe. He's recorded Sleep, yep. Cathedral. He worked on the um, California Mr. Bungle record. He's worked on a million records. The um, Paul Bearer record more recently, a couple of years ago, was just stunning. But um, Fuzz has learned all of this stuff and assimilated. He went to um, New York with Witch Skull exactly, yeah. to do the, to Studio G again to work with Billy because he'd worked with Billy before he knew him. I'm glad I was right with that. I mentioned that in a previous show and um, from when we had the guys from Witch Skull on. Yeah. So it's good that it's come full circle. Yeah. So, you know, Goat Sound and, and Fuzz, in, you know, it's... He's recording a lot of bands and he does it real quick and it turns out real good. And he was, uh, he recorded the, speaking of King Parrot, come bring it back. Uh, he did the f- Fresh Produce record that was nominated. That was, I think that was his first Aria nomination as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, a record that he's worked on recently. Yep. So, yeah, man, um, Goat Sounds pretty important down in Melbourne for the heavier and punk scene. Yep. And, yeah, if you're if you're not going to old Joe's studio there and you want to um, do something a little bit different, maybe check check out that as an option. Yep. Yeah, right. Lucifungus. So, um, the two piece band they played at the Phoenix with Mule and Yoko Ono last night. It's um, the singer from Pod and the bass player from Pod, two piece Doom, really killer. I should check it out. They recorded down with him um, earlier this year. Yeah, awesome. No, exactly right, man. It's a good one. It can just you can link everything all back up, like you mentioned with uh, King Parrot and 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 also Witch Girl, and then you know, back to the Doom scene as well. 
So um, you've uh, yeah. So for the Christmas list for this year, we've got a couple albums that came out. If people haven't got them already or wanted to branch out, do you um, want to run us through some of your suggestions? All right. So this is my short list for this year. We do five every year in the BMA. Yep. Um, my short list is Hallis excerpts from a future past. Um, really seventies vibe, proggy doom. Um, kind of like a pagan altar sort of style, but killer vocals. Yep. Um, really worth checking out. The New Hiram Fire Record, Electric Messiahs, A Crusher. Yep. Matt Pike can do no wrong. <laughs> and, and that backs up with um, Sleeps, The Sciences, that was earlier this year as well, that no one knew was even going to come out. And even though a couple of those tunes are 30 years old, it's a ball bag tearing bonanza. Um, Magus's Thou record is really cool, like extreme doom. They've got like that Paul Paul Bearer melodic vibe going on for the music, but the vocals are a lot blacker and nastier. Um, it, that's really cool. That Conan record is crushing existential void guardian. Mm, mm. Um, I like that they've. You know, it's still got all the crushing doom elements of some of the older stuff, but they've bought some grindy stuff, like that third or fourth song's got like a blast yeah, in yeah. it and stuff. Yeah. It was and rad it, actually to see him play um, recently live, yeah. you know. Um, nothing nothing beats a live gig. So no. it's it's good to hear the, um, hear the music and then also see him play it live as well to back it up. Fully. That was sick. Um, Potion that we saw the other week yep. that we were talking about Absolutely. earlier. They had a cool single called Women of the Wand this year. Yeah, we played that in the previous show already. Yeah. yeah. So the first two songs they played at that show the other week were both from that release, this killer. Yeah, right. Um, Yob's record this year was unbelievable, Our Raw Heart. So Mike um, was very, very sick. And, you know, in the States, if you don't have health insurance and you're very, very sick... It's not a good thing. It's an expensive, bad thing. Yep. Um, and th he's really carried out that experience into that record. It's so, so awesome, that record. It, um, there's a band who's, I think it's called Church, but it looks like it's misspelled. It's C-H-R-C-H. Yep. Um, they, they've got like a, not quite as brutally slow as Bell Witch, but getting their album called Light Will Consume Us All. I think it's like three songs in 11 minutes or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, a band called Tons, Filthy Flowers of Doom. I mean, come on. As if that album that's called Filthy Flowers of Doom isn't going to be sick. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sumeru's Summon Destroyer, so the Sydney band, good mates of ours, um, really good live. You should definitely check them out. I reckon they've got they've gone a bit more metal on this album. Okay. Um, the guitar player um, has a whole bunch of draws a whole bunch of influences from Tibetan um, Tibetan mythology, and it's all comes through in those. Like it's really cool. It's, it's got some dense concepts in there. Mm -hmm. He plays a bit more black. It's lost a bit. Like that last record had a lot more groove in it. It's kind of a down vibe. Okay. Um, but this album's just brutal. It's really good. Um, I, I thought their last album was better, but I still really enjoyed Pig Destroyer's Head Cage this year. Some some crackers in there. Um, the new Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats record, Wasteland, is good. And I'd also recommend the Windhand album, Eternal Return. Um, and that's a band that features members of a band called Cough. 
and with female vocals though in Windhand and I mean this year's Doom Records there's like 11 more that I haven't mentioned yeah. it's been a crazy year but just from what you've got there we've got a massive list already so yeah. but you got to get obviously if you haven't got it already you got to get Coven's Will for the local boys yep um, yeah, by, by Witch Girl it's an amazing record um, the boys right now are just doing a, a film clip for Breathing Blue Light yep you might have seen some stuff on the socials with some crazy drone footage of them out in an old gold mine out in Captain's Flat it's, it's going to be a sick video and um, also they're working on their documentary that was filmed while they were overdoing um, the recording, recording of the album with Billy at Studio G in Brooklyn and I've seen some of the rough edits of it and it's really cool it's like I'm, I'm hoping it'll give the album a second um, bit of a second wind yep it's easy to get lost this year there's just yeah, been man. so much stuff yep uh, as well as I mentioned in a previous show um that album's also available in multiple editions so there's like the clear the purple and the black yeah um, i have to happen to be such a psycho i own all three <laughs> um but um that's available for the rise above records site so check it out on that because it does sound phenomenal on lp joel will agree i'm sure he'll tell you about it when he comes in to talk to you guys next time yep and uh I'm sure we even get a crack to uh, listen to it on LP in the studio. Sick. Um, but yeah, anyway, well, that r- wraps up everything we wanted to touch on and just kicking it off there with a nice little Christmas list of songs um, and, and albums to, to purchase. So um, A couple of stocking fillers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a deal for you on camera metalheads. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that, that's exactly right. Thank you uh, for coming in and running through some stuff. I'm sure there was a lot there that we didn't get a chance to go through. I mean, it's hard to cram everything into one interview. Um, so I think that we'd um, have some more time for other stuff later on down the track. I'd love to have you in again and chat more about, you know, the scene over the years, some a bit more depth or uh, specific gigs, things like that. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And keep up the good work. Be brutal. Beep. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Josh. And, um, yeah, we'll chat to you again down the track. And uh, for now, we'll listen to a uh, another Ike Disc track. Do you have a, a second favourite aside from uh, Sorrow on Hill 105? Oh, no. <laughs> I hate that band. No, um... <laughs> Um, kind of put you on the spot but if there's a yeah but now you're actually making me I told you this before look before we were on air our listeners the boys said oh do you want to pick a song and it's like I don't know the names of the songs <laughs> it's the one that goes jig, jig, yeah. well I have um, if you it help, pick one if it how about this if it helps I have the um, double um, LP um, vinyl that you guys released um, at, I bought that at the last show do you want to choose one from there and I'll actually play the LP edition oh, so so vinyly will it will it sound extra vinyly and rich and analogy do you promise <laughs> if, if not I'll make sure it does <laughs> I'll, ta- I'll do takes until it does alright fantastic um, hang on yeah, oh, look, that's great. Can that, you do a few pops as well? <laughs> like when we it's, go. you know, when you're asleep and you can just hear that vinyl needle just clicking yeah. against the end because you fell asleep. 
midway through, you got home late and decided to put on a vinyl. Um, oh, actually, you guys are a bit more brutal. Tear down the crucifix. Chuck, tear down the crucifix on. So uh, there we have it. Josh Nixon announcing um, the next track, which is I Exist, Tear Down the Crucifix, here on Canberra Metalheads. Praise okay. hail Satan. It's Josh Nixon, a.k.a. JJ Lahore, coming at you from the Rift Dome that is Canberra Metalheads. Yucko! Yucko! Bam! <laughs>